In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Idrisheson, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Okay, this morning, can you open your Bible to November chapter? That's a good one. Numbers chapter 40. <laughs> I'm about to ask you to open your Bible to November chapter 21, <laughs> verse 52. <laughs> That's the story of my life. I was born November 21, and I'm 52 years old. Okay, so before you read my story, let's go to Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. Can we read it loud, clear? What loud, out and clear? One, two, three, go. Lord, breathe upon me and breathe upon your people as I communicate your heart, your mind, your message this morning. Allow these words to fall into their good hearts, to bring forth fruits in hundred folds. Let every era receive from you what you intend for this hour in the name of Jesus. Now, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, literally states how God see faith. If you read Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14, you will see how God instructed Moses to appoint 12 leaders, each one of them representing each of the tribes of Israel. And the assignment was to go and spy, or should I say search, the promise. And you're wondering, after all, you have promised it, why do they need to go and search it? Why do they need to go and seek it out? Why do they need to go and investigate it? I submit to you this morning that just because something is promised by God does not mean there will not be oppositions. A lot of us act confused when we meet opposition in a promise. After all, God promised me. Why this opposition? Why this antagonism? He told me 2024 would be different. And all of a sudden, people are raising their high against me. They are raising their voice against me. It seems I have more enemies than friends. One thing you should realize is that your promise attracts opposition. In as much as God is committed to bringing your promise into manifestation, you should almost also realize that there's an enemy of your soul who is committed to distracting you from your promise. The children of Israel were promised a good land, a land full of milk and honey, a land of abundance, 
A land that is enriched by God. A land that God watches over 24-7. And 12 leaders were appointed by Moses to go and spy that land. And they went out on this 40-day journey into the promised land. You would have thought just because it was promised by God, they're just going to walk into the land and everybody in that land will begin to welcome them and celebrate them. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. When are you coming to occupy the land? But that was not the case. Of course, when they got into the land, they saw that the land was good. They saw the fruits of the land. They saw how effective the land was. They could see that from the crops of the land. A rich land indeed. But apart from all these amazing things they saw in the land, they also saw that there were giants in the land. People with intimidating fact, mean stature. And they also saw there were walls, tall walls, taller than what Trump was planning to build some six years ago. A fortified, well-protected, well-defended, well-secured land. And so, after seeing all these limitations, hindrances, oppositions, giants, in the midst of the promise, 10 of the leaders had their hearts melted. Their hearts melted so much that they forgot the promise. How many times have you had to deal with situations and issues in life and the issues became so real to you? Maybe it's a medical report. Maybe it's a financial report. Maybe it has to do with your career. And they were like glaring evidences to show that things are not looking good. And all of a sudden, you struggle to remember what God promised you. Because how it seems does not look like the promise. In fact, it feels like, is this thing real? Talking about the promise? Am I really sure that I had God well? Maybe God was saying something, something else. I must have interpreted it. Because this does not look like the promise. I can see opportunities for the promise, but... More than the opportunities for the promise, it seems there are more opposition in the promise. Can anybody identify with me? And it feels like, did God lie? Is it really true? I thought he asked me to marry that woman, but look at the woman I married. It's a prayer project. I thought I had God when I said yes to that man, but it seems I've entered it. Like they were saying some part of the world, I entered one chance. I'm trapped. Marriage begins to feel like prison. The job that you thought God gave you begins to feel like enslavement. 
the place God led you to look like? This is a mess. This is a prison yard. This doesn't look good. But the first thing remains. He promised. Why the mess? I didn't sign for this mess. I was all out for the promise. But what about all these messes I'm having to deal with? Is God still in this? So 10 of the 12 leaders of the tribes of Israel saw their position in the midst of the promise and they forgot the promise. Their hearts melted. And according to, to Numbers chapter 14, he said they brought an evil report. They were supposed to search out the promise, but they came with what? Evil reports. I've read so many chapters of the Bible. I can say I've never seen God angry as he was in Numbers, Numbers, Numbers chapter 14. Go and read it. Moses was literally toasting God. Say God. Because God said, I will disinherit them. I will wipe them out. So the next time you are there, you're angry, just don't read Numbers chapter 14 to console yourself. And you see God got angry. I'm justified. God was so angry. Moses was also holding him down. Sit down. You won't do it. Go and read it. I thought he's a good and kind God. He's a good and kind God. But when he sees lack of faith, he's provoked. Write it down. You would have thought his fornication or dysfunctional sexual practice that would make God that mad. But what made him mad was the fact that his own people, covenant people, would not believe him just because they saw opposition. God was so provoked that he was ready to wipe out the whole Israel. Let, let me start all over again. Like my Mudok says several years ago when I had him, he said, God is obsessed with being believed. Hey. If God has any obsession, it's to be believed. And it's provoked when he can't see faith. Somebody would have said, oh, I understand. You know, what they had to deal with was so much. That's why they melted. But God said, I don't understand. I'm provoked. I'm so provoked that I'm ready to clear them out. Moses had to be begging God, please don't, don't clear them out. Please. And it was not like God totally forgot it. He said, okay, okay, okay. Because you have interceded, I will change the plan. But these 10 people, I will still clear them out. <laughs> Go and read it. God, declarer. He cleared them out. He said, he said, just you have said, it will happen. He said, you will die. Hey! For as long as I live. You have said it to my ears and I've heard you. You can't trust me and I will make sure what you said of me or said of yourself, it will happen to you. Because of 40 days of spying, they got a whole generation stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. 
Go and read it. It's not that, it's not that far from Egypt to Israel. Is it a far journey? Why should it take 40 years? Because of 10 leaders who will not believe God. And that's why leadership is everything. The leaders you connect with determine the future you are you, you reach. But look at what was said about Caleb. In fact, there were two of them. Joshua, who eventually led after Moses was done with his own assignment. And Caleb, he said, Caleb had what a different spirit. And that translation says, another spirit. <laughs> Somebody shout, another spirit. And for the next six weeks, I'm going to be talking about that spirit. The spirit of faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Hebrews, God repeated it. He said, you are not the first set of people to hear this message, this good news, this gospel. He said the first set of people that had it referring to the, the church in the wilderness. He said, because of their refusal to believe me. Say, I swore. Ah, they will not enter into my rest. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. 13, not 3. 13. Can we read it? One, two, three, go. So he's saying concerning you, the new creation in Christ Jesus. You have the same spirit that was found in Caleb and Joshua. The spirit that welcomed the promise of God and keeps on saying it and believing it even when it does not seem like it. We also having the same spirit of faith. A generation filled gold in the wilderness. But there's a generation that God is raising everywhere today with the same spirit of what? Faith. The same spirit that was found in what? Caleb. The spirit that saw position but yet cling to the promise. Get on your feet. Come on, have you been blessed this morning? Are you excited about the series we're starting? The same spirit of faith. You know, Pastor Moyo, we can be shouting heaven or not, heaven or not, heaven or not. If there's no spirit of faith, nothing will happen. It will still be heart. In fact, heart or not is still good. What about hell or not? <laughs> he said that or not. That's an, even an upgrade. There's a lower level. It's called hell or not. Because can I be real with you? Heaven or not does not happen by osmosis. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is gracious. God is kind. God is good. But until somebody knows how to function by faith, the goodness, the kindness of God, the graciousness of God will not be materialized. God is good, but some people are still going to hell because they don't know how to receive by faith. God is not sentimental. Faith is the only one, only thing that gets his attention. Because if God is sentimental, Jesus would have saved his people by force. But the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. So because they did not receive him, 
as many as receive. He now turned to you, the Gentile world, the nations. And he said, as many as receive, I give power. No sentiment. I'm just obsessed of being believed. When I found faith, I'm excited. Can we be friends? Can we work together? I need Hebrews 11 expanded. It's a list of people that walked by faith in their generation. Shook their generation. Broke records. Set new records. They are impossible. What has never been done before, they did it. And the Bible says all these people, they had a good report. Not because of their smartness, not because they went to the best schools, but because of their faith. Ah, so this faith thing is so important. Turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, faith is a curriculum that you must master. If you want to get God's attention, then get how faith works. You know, one of the reasons why I love going to KCM Ministers Conference is for, 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 for three days, you are surrounded by close to 2,000 men and women that believe the word. You know, I, was, I think I was on the fifth row this year. So I looked up and I saw on the fourth row, I saw Andrew Womack. And he did not handle the microphone. Even his name was not mentioned once. He just sat down for three days. And you know, amazingly, Andromac has a bigger ministry than literally everybody that was there. And he sat down Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes he would cross his leg. And I was observing him. And he would write down, and we write down. And people would lead prayer, and he would stand up and pray. Because faith comes by hearing. If you stop hearing, faith stops coming. There's no such thing as I had faith 30 years ago. It's like saying I ate rice 30 years ago. <laughs> the rice you had, you have used. You have to keep on hearing for faith to keep on coming. Have you been blessed this morning? Another spirit. A different spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, this year, I'm functioning by that different spirit of faith. I believe the word. I declare the word. I anticipate the word. I'm excited about the word of God. Regardless of what is happening around me, the word of God is my primary reality. And the word is working. In my life, is working. In my marriage, is working. Is my finances, is working. In my home, is working. In my career, and of course, the word is working here in your church. Oh, somebody get excited about the word of God and say the word work. Are you blessed this morning? How many of you are excited about this journey? Let's take this journey. In fact. I stood there, I told the ministers this morning that, you know, God started dealing with me since Thursday about something I need to do for the ministry. And to the glory of God, in February, we'll let you know by Sunday how it will run. I want to do the Spirit of Faith boot camp. It's going to be virtual mostly. 
but I need serious-minded people. This one is not by church membership. You will sign for it. A boot camp. People that are serious in their work with God. Not people that, because in that group, we're not going to follow anybody up. Take them through like six weeks. Boot camp in the spirit of faith. So that you'll be ready for all that God wants to do. Come on, lift up your hands and just honor God. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.